0: God, what a hot sell this is. I mean, you 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 must be so excited. Listen now.
1: Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare Short-Term Insurance Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at uh1.com. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves. Whenever I get gloomy with the state of the world, I think about the arrivals gate at Heathrow Airport. General opinion starting to make out that we live in a world of hatred and greed, but I don't see that. It seems to me that love is everywhere. Often it's not particularly dignified or newsworthy, but it's always there. Fathers and sons, mothers and daughters, husbands and wives, boyfriends, girlfriends, old friends. That, ladies and gentlemen, is called Social Proof, and it's a marketing tactic that hits deeply ingrained neural pathways in the evolved human brain that tell you you're only safe in a crowd when you're agreeing with other people. And this is The Gargle, the sonic glossy magazine to The Bugle's audio newspaper for visual world. Welcome. We are the pull-out section that's double-bagged because you can't be too safe. Your guests today on the show are James Nokise. Hello. And Benjamin Partridge. Hello. Well, we're going to get into all of the news of this week that does not involve politics, but first, uh, let's have a look at the cover of this week's magazine. The front cover this week is a picture of Floyd Mayweather in a back-to-back, crossed-arms, quirky 80s pose with YouTuber Logan Paul, and the caption reads, Money! We just made so much money you've forgotten one of us is a violent criminal. It's always sad when the obnoxious upstart who's 20 years younger and 30 kilos heavier only disgraced himself by showing a dead body to millions of children for fun where the respectable elder statesman punched a series of women from strangers in bars to the mothers of his children. I know this is probably controversial, but uh, if punching women is your hobby, I don't think you should be allowed to punch men for your job. Just uh, (laughs) Uh. personal opinion there. other cover headers include Outrage at Oxford. Students who took down a picture of the Queen. Wait until they hear about the Sex Pistols. And the satirical cartoon this week is Jeff Bezos in space getting an Amazon delivery notification on his phone that he's not going to be home to sign for. The speech bubble says, "Ah shucks." <laughs> and that brings us to the <laughs> to the first section of this magazine, social media uh, section one. Uh, TikTok is stealing your face, James Nokise. Uh, you have a face. I Can do. You tell me a bit more about this story.
0: Look, this is. Weirdly, not political, but also what we've always deeply feared. And that is uh, TikTok <laughs> is just going to go in there and take uh, all of our privacy, um, particularly our face prints and voice prints. Um, I'm not smart enough to know what a face print is. Uh, I'm guessing it's just a print of your face. Uh, but TikTok's stealing it uh, and they, 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 we don't know what they're using it for. Um, I don't know what my face or voice print will be used for. I can't even sneak you into New Zealand uh, using this face print and voice print, <laughs> it just looks like ethnic anyone. It's uh, yeah. It's they're basically, they're, they're doing what all the conspiracy theory people said they would, which is they're stealing all of the, um, the face and voice stuff of users without really, it's particularly in the US and without any of their knowledge. I feel generally bad for conspiracy people because we give, we've like, during the whole pandemic, we've given conspiracy people, we've been like, shut up. This is serious now. We can't hear any of your stuff. Your phone isn't stealing your face and your voice. And like, as soon as we've got a vaccine, it's like, all right, your phone is absolutely stealing your face and your voice.
1: See, you know, this was my argument against anti-vaxxers when they were like, oh, they're going to put microchips in and steal all our data. I was like, why would they need to? You've already given it away for free to, like, get a." Buzzfeed quiz into your phone, like it's out, outrageous to me that people are sort of shocked or upset by this. And this is a real redemption of my TikTok arc, which was not getting TikTok. Uh, Benjamin, have you got TikTok?
2: I've I've never been on uh, TikTok, um, purely because I I studied the terms and conditions very carefully when it came up when i signed up for it and it it said if you sign up the chinese communist party will come to your house smash your face into an ink pad and then smash it onto a piece of paper and then they'll steal your voice like um like the witch in the little mermaid so i just pressed i do not agree and um but i don't know what i'm missing out on particularly it's mainly teenagers dancing isn't it which you know isn't my thing really I'm on there. Um, oh, you're and, on there, James. And, uh, yeah. I I, um,
0: I went on there like most people, just blindly. I just clicked. I accept. Just let me add it. It's uh, too late. Yeah. I, but I mainly use it to make angry videos about New Zealand racism. That's the only thing I do. I don't do anything else. Uh, I have to admit, I, I'm glad it's TikTok of all of our overlords. If it was Facebook. Uh, You know, MySpace, uh, but TikTok, you're like, oh, the puppies are cute. And, you
2: know, because I sympathize with the underdog. I would happily give MySpace everything I own. They can have it. If if it helps MySpace, they can have my fingerprints, my face print, my DNA, whatever they want.
1: Split it eight ways with Tom and your top friends.
2: (laughs) But James, you've you've still got a face. Like I'm looking at you now through Zoom, even though you've signed it over to TikTok, you still have it for the moment. So... It's, it hasn't gone terribly wrong yet.
0: I don't even know if I own it at this point.
2: You might be renting your own face.
0: There could be posters of me in China right now.
1: <laughs> Someone's already minted an NFT of your face and is going to sell it back to you like a domain name.
0: Yeah, there's like a there's like an Apple factory where my phone's chip is being made by 12-year-olds who are like cursing my face on, <laughs> on the wall who's like, thanks, children.
2: Their kind of argument is like, you don't need to worry about It's not about privacy. It's not about stealing your face. It's just so we can scan your face and then work out exactly what kind of adverts you want to see based on what you look like. I mean, that's almost <laughs> as horrific as anything else, isn't it? That's
1: To me, it is way more horrific because if you have a sinister government who's using your face to control your life, they will at least have some sort of policy and standards behind that. The, you know, extremes of capitalism unregulated by any kind of moral imperative is uh, – I, I just – I think that's even worse.
2: But also – what does my face, to you guys, what does my face say I want advertised at me?
1: Yeah, and, and what, what do, that's the thing. And TikTok. what if they think that your face says things about you that you don't think your face says about you?
2: Exactly. And we can't really help what our faces look like.
1: That's upsetting. You get some very targeted ads and they're very upsetting. <laughs> exactly. You
2: know, you know? Have you thought about facelifts? Yeah. <laughs> It's
1: a
0: Yeah, I think there is. I think you've hit on something else. There is something like because we know that TikTok is owned by China. That does play a little bit into that, you know, that classic old yellow fear from back in the like the Cold War days. And because I mean, we just say Uber. I've just said the word. I'm gonna get both an offer of a ride and a meal request by the end of this episode on my phone. My phone is yeah. too close to me. Like, just to say the word. But I think there is that editing because it's China, that we go, oh, well, now it's, it's the bad social media.
1: Well, I think that Australia and New Zealand, particularly being in the backyard of the superpower that is China, have always had a difficult time distinguishing between China and the Chinese. One being a slightly sinister force and the other one being people who make delicious food.
0: <laughs> That's true. That's true. We, we, we struggle in New Zealand with the concept that Chinese people were here before Pacific Islanders were. They were they were here during the gold rush in the eighteen hundreds. Uh, and we we're like, no, they won't. They they were here just on the corner in the seventies making me food.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know that. That's amazing. Yeah. So when, uh, when did Pacific Islanders arrive in New Zealand?
0: Uh, post war primarily. Yeah, it was just it ah. just came in yeah, basically like most immigrants, New Zealand needed a workforce and no one wanted to do it, so we just kinda showed up and we're like, yo. Oh. <laughs>
1: Our next story in our tech section is a Facebook story. Uh, The newest technology is, of course, always recycling. The oldest technology, Facebook, is now getting ready to launch its newsletter platform. Benjamin, uh, you know about the news.
2: Well, yeah. um, So they have decided that newsletters are the the hot new thing. And so they're starting a, um, a thing called Bulletin. And they're starting off with, I think they're employing professional writers to write these kind of bulletins that you can sign up to and I think maybe eventually pay for. But the main thing is they've decided they don't want anything political or divisive, <laughs> which coming from Facebook is pretty mad. I mean, if you look at the rest of Facebook, it's just like a sort of kaleidoscope of like racism and conspiracy theories and, and you know, people you knew at school getting divorced for the fifth time, even though they were 35 Um, that's a bit judgmental, isn't it? You can get divorced as many times as you like, I want to say that here. But yeah, I mean, I don't know what these bulletins are going to be. Like, I look forward to signing up to the Aunt Sunset's Nice Bulletin or the Look at These Pictures of Nice Birds Bulletin. I mean, now I'm saying that, those do sound quite good.
1: I think it's a wonderful thing. And I I applaud this embracing of old media. Apparently Twitter is now going to uh, allow you to post your things literally by nailing them to a church door uh, (laughs) to get your ideas out there. Uh, What would your ideal non-political newsletter be, James Nokisi?
0: See, I don't know if it exists. I feel like we live in a world where everything can be political. But if I was going to have one, it would be the NBA playoff bulletin, which thankfully exists in the form of an app.
1: (laughs) We can't have things that already exist. This is a new thing. Facebook is breaking new ground with its newsletter platform, much like other newsletter platforms that already exist and newsletters that existed before that and pamphlets that existed before that and town criers that existed before that.
0: How much cocaine do you think went on in that planning room before they circled all the way back to Bulletin? (laughs) My God.
1: (laughs) So much cocaine that they were using cocaine to dust for the fingerprints afterwards. (laughs) Well, that's all the time we have for our tech section, because now it's time for your ads. Your ad section now, because if life is a brief spark of brightness between two infinite dark spans, existence is a sandwich and all the seasonings are for sale. This week's episode of the podcast is brought to you by leaf blowers. Make that pile of leaves someone else's problem. (laughs) If you're sick of screaming at nature, get a robot to do it for you. Leaf blowers, and can you not be bothered cooking for yourself? Do you want to cut out the labor of learning to cook? We bring you nonna, isolated elderly people disconnected from their families, delivered to your door (laughs) to make their traditional meals for you for a surprisingly low price. You get a great home-cooked meal, and they get a brief moment of human contact. Nonna, the saddest way to eat. And you loved Farmer Wants a Wife. You watched American Ninja Warrior or your local equivalent. Now get ready for Farmer Wants a Ninja Warrior. Things just flow, wherever you are. Tap the banner to go to Monday.com.
0: Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs.
1: Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. And that is all we have time for for your ad section, because now it's time for our section number two, animal news. Animal news uh, this week is the heroism of the smallest of our creatures. A rat has just got a medal. James Nokise, tell us about this rat.
0: This is a legend uh, in the field, uh, pun intended. (laughs) It's a rat called Magawa, uh, I believe I'm pronouncing that right. Cambodian rat who for five years has been sniffing out landmines. Um, to quote, he is believed to have saved lives. Now, that's a genuine quote, uh, Alice. They, they generally believe that this rat has, they can't confirm it, but they believe it, that he saved lives. He's uh, even amongst <laughs> some of the other rats. He's, he's an absolute legend. Uh, some, some only get to four, maybe even three. But this guy's been going five years. Originally a, a Tanzanian born African rat. Uh, He was uh, kicked out by uh, his original family uh, when they moved to France to become chefs, but uh, (laughs) he persevered, uh, signed up with the military, and has been sniffing out landmines ever since.
1: I mean, this is such a brilliant story. He's he's helped to clear more than 2.4 million square feet of land. And he, in in person he has found, or in ratson, he has found 71 landmines and 38 items of unexploded ordnance. So he genuinely has done an incredible job for an animal. But I think they, they're exaggerating the newsworthiness of this rat being a hero. I've known rats could be heroes since Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles and uh, Splinter, the rat mentor. I realise in the UK it's Teenage Mutant Hero Turtles. Uh, but in Australia it was Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Benjamin, how do you feel about Magawa?
2: I was pleased to read about Magawa. Um, it was interesting to me how they do it. it. It works because a rat isn't heavy enough to set off a landmine, basically, so they can kind of walk over them without them going off. It's
1: a way to give a rat, like, body image issues. <laughs>
2: <laughs> if a rat becomes heavy, becomes too heavy, it then dies in a landmine attack. So, um, you know, keeping the weight off is more important as a rat. But... um yeah, I mean, it explains why my, uh, my attempts to keep the rats down in my house using landmines didn't work. <laughs> it says that the, the rats go through this kind of quite long period of training to, to get them to do this. And I'm not here to tell the, you know, the Tanzanian army how to do things, but I can think of a way of checking for mines using rats without, without any training. You know, the, the rats might not last that long, but, you know, if you sort of weigh them down to send them out <laughs> across the field... Uh, you've saved yourself years of training and rats are basically um, sort of they're, they're like a replenishing you know, resource so I, I just think they're, they're sort of wasting their time
1: Just send the Australian mouse plague over there
2: Yeah, exactly um, He's a giant pouched rat uh, which I believe in Australia you call a kangaroo So um, <laughs> there's a bit of interest
0: We should be clear on this, Alice No one has checked that rats understand the concept of awards <laughs> Um, so he probably would have been happy with cheese.
1: Yeah, or, or even whether they understand the concept of landmines. We're not <laughs> quite sure what he's thought he's been doing this whole time, yeah. which questions, uh, you know, whether he is a hero or not. If If subjectively he felt like he was searching out poison to poison children with, you know.
2: Also, they've given him this gold medal, which now potentially makes him heavy enough to set off a landmine. It
0: hasn't been well thought through. <laughs>
2: it's a lovely idea. Also, he says that he's, um, he's now reached retirement age, so he's being pensioned off. But we kind of know what, what happens, you know. He's a few days away from retirement. He's called in for one last job. I think we know what's happening to Magoa. So I uh, just want to say thank you, little guy, and, um, you know, enjoy the big rat pile in the sky. <laughs>
1: And that brings us to the end of section two. Now it's time for your reviews section. Both of our magnificent guests have brought in something to review out of five stars. Uh, James Nokise, what have you brought in?
0: Um, look, I fought long and hard about what I could review here. Um, and I've decided to uh, review Australia. <laughs> <laughs> Been keeping an eye on it in New Zealand because we've got a travel bubble uh, opening up with them. Uh, they've done pretty well. Um, on the health front, human rights front, uh, a little bit suspicious, um, but uh, it's still very sunny and still very warm. So would recommend. I know they want five stars, but uh, it's New Zealand, so we only have four. Only have four, <laughs> that's, four a, that's a flag-based joke for you, Benjamin. You got to look at both flags <laughs> to appreciate
2: it. I loved it.
1: It reads like a three, but I know that extra star is because you got a, you got your wife from here. <laughs>
0: I am nothing if not a corrupt
1: reviewer. (laughs) Benjamin Partridge, what did you bring into review?
2: I'm reviewing the experience of cupping a duckling in your hand, which is um, something that I did this weekend. I'm going to break it down into the classic pros and cons format. So pros, first pro, it's relaxing because you can't focus on anything else apart from not accidentally crushing the duckling. Uh, In much the same way (laughs) that we'd all drive more carefully if we all had a baby (laughs) strapped to the front of our cars. Holding a duckling at all times would provide a useful solution to the modern cluttered brain. Second pro is softness. These things are mondo soft. They're like an almost unbelievable level of soft. In fact, when you're holding one, it takes almost all of your willpower to stop yourself wiping your ass with it. Um, Third pro, it makes you think about the duck that it will become when it grows up and just how delicious ducks are. Uh, Duck for me is definitely a hall of fame meat. Uh, in the cons, there aren't many cons to be honest. One is that without your glasses on, it can look like a disguised tennis ball. Do not, I repeat, do not hit it with a racket. Uh, the other is the major con, the only one major con. It's the same con that a- applies to all living creatures, man and beast. No matter how cute it looks, it has an anus. <laughs> and this mini potential Vesuvius will leave your hand looking like the smouldering remains of Pompeii, and Herculaneum, unless you are careful. Don't make the same mistake. I did this weekend. So in conclusion, cupping a duckling in your hand is the ultimate metaphor for life. If you grab it with both hands, it can be wonderful and transformative. But you have to make sure you grab the right end. With a duckling, as with so many things in life, when you hold on to it, make sure the anus is facing the other way. Four stars.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Two brilliant four-star items there in our review section, which brings us to our next section, section three, Tech news, more tech news, and this is tech satire news. A South Korean industrial designer has made a, a joke, which actually I think is quite a good idea. It's a, a little eyeball that you strap to your head, and every time you look down to look at your phone, the eyeball opens up and alerts you if you're going to bump into anything. So, in 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 a way, uh, this is a thing that I think, although it was invented as a joke to draw attention to people's like zombified walking around with their phones. When I look at that, I think, well, that would be good because then I wouldn't have people walking to, into me in the street. Uh, Benjamin, how do you feel about this?
2: I don't like it at all. Um, <laughs> it, it's, it's meant to be satirical, right, is the idea. Um, yes. It's not like an actual piece of technology. I just don't like... It is an
1: actual piece of technology, but it's a sarcastic piece of technology. <laughs> yeah. This industrial designer has actually invented this thing and it is functional. Uh, I like that in so... theory,
2: but I just don't like... it. It's part of like the moral panic around phones, um, which... I don't know. It feels like if you look back in history, whenever anything new is invented, there's this kind of moral panic about what it's going to do. So like, I'm pretty sure that when books kind of became popular, there were people going, well, take your nose out of a book and come and bring in the harvest. And, you know, people, you know, there's always something new that people disapprove of. You know, when we they were... thought it
1: killed young women and well, made them infertile. and well, that, too sexy.
2: <laughs> exactly. And like, when they invented the train, they thought that, you know, everyone's brain was going to fall out of their head because it was going too fast. And like, it's just never never true and you think well when we were cavemen you know and the first caveman made fire probably was someone going well we weren't we weren't built to look at fires were we we were built to eat cold mammoth meat and and diet four or what four (laughs) (laughs) diet 14 um yeah so i just i just i never like anything that's about people kind of dumping on technology because i just feel like i don't know it's like this is the way humans are going. We just have to, like, I don't know. I'm, I'm not sure what I'm saying. It felt too much like what, what someone's dad might say. You know, like, stop looking at your phone. Look up. And...
1: It is exactly like what somebody's dad would say. But it's like if somebody's dad uh, went, oh, you know, what are, children pissing their lives down the drain. Why don't I just give you $50,000 to do with whatever you will and let's see what happens then? And you go, Okay. <laughs>
2: Hang on. Was this guy given fifty thousand dollars to do this? No, no, no. So just to be just to be clear, I
1: just mean in 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 order to like make a point, they've actually he's actually provided something that I think would be quite useful in the modern world, James. Yeah, I, I think
0: you know, um, saying to your kids in the future, uh, you're walking outside, you're taking your phone. All right, get your head nipple, put it on, walk out. <laughs> you know, you look like a tit head, so. Get it, get it out there maybe just like have a second one so it doesn't look so much like a nipple so you got the one here but then you got the one here and that can be the siren to say this tit head is not paying attention and looking at their phone and you're just going along there yeah i mean it's it's supposed to make you think about how stupid you look um when you're looking around i don't know if it does because alice has pointed out it looks very practical
1: And quite cool. You look like a crazy alien. That's what he said. He said it'll make you look like a crazy alien and you'll think about your phone addiction. And I think, what else do I want to look like?
0: Oh, look, I mean, I think that's a matter of taste, Alice. I definitely think, (laughs) uh, you know, one man's cool as another man's uh, nipple head. So (laughs) I just think it's got a future. And I think we should all be kind of concerned about that, but also know that we're not going to be concerned about it.
2: Doesn't it compound the problem in that it actually allows you to keep looking at your phone because it alerts you to when you're hitting someone so actually in a way it's the perfect device if you if you want to never look up from your phone and so he's done the exact opposite of what he was setting out to do i really hate this guy
1: (laughs) (laughs) that's the end of our section three which brings us to our top tips for going back to work a lot of people are heading back into the office and having to engage with human beings after long periods of having worked from home A few top tips for getting back into the office. Don't go anywhere near the photocopying machine. It is much more likely to cut you than any vaccine is to give you a side effect. (laughs) That lady who brought in cupcakes is just trying to mask her eating disorder by making you fat. (laughs) And yes, your boss is as much of an asshole as you thought he was. It wasn't just the tonal ambiguity of email. (laughs) James, have you got any suggestions for those people getting back into work?
0: Underwear. Just got to remember it, guys. All right? And you spent months just like throw the pants on, boom, off you go. All right? Especially for the guys out there, uh, right? because you, you're you a bit used to go to the bathroom. Then just don't worry what happens afterwards. All right? Underwear, guys. Keep it safe. Keep it safe. Keep it dry. No, James. It's the new normal. We need to embrace it. I don't need to see those drips, mate.
1: <laughs> uh, Benjamin, have you got any tips for those people going back into office life?
2: Yeah, I think first day back, you know, you need to... You need to embrace the idea of the great reset. You know, people. You know, the conspiracy theorists have talked about that. There's a great reset, and in the office, it kind of is a great reset because you can bag that that one good office chair early on. um, That you know that someone else bagged years ago. This is your chance to actually get that good office chair now. So go in first day, maybe six a.m. Nail the office chair, get it in your space, put like a passive aggressive sign on it saying like This is my office chair," like people do in offices, and uh, that's yours now for the next twenty years until the next pandemic.
0: Cough on the chair. (laughs)
2: cough <laughs> on the chair yeah you need yeah or yeah a little bit of piss anything just to make sure that chair is yours now
1: <laughs> I feel like you you may not have really got into the swing of the being back among human beings but I, I appreciate the Machiavellian approach that brings us to the end of our top tips for getting back to work section now it's time for section four which is religious news and a giant replica of Noah's Ark uh was sitting on the dock in Ipswich in 2000 uh, has been there since 2019 and has been deemed unseaworthy which is a real turn up for the books uh, James Say you were brought up religiously what have you got to say about this ark
0: I'd say where is your god now is what i would say <laughs> <laughs> but also i i love i love that they have made a replica of noah's ark and I believe the the quote is that the vessel will remain detained until the deficiencies have been put right. And I was like, key key to thing of each deficiency. Yeah, key thing <laughs> of an ark. It's kind of got to you know be able to float during a flood.
1: Yeah, well, I'm fascinated by the ark of this ark, which was apparently not built to be uh, seaworthy. But I mean, they never say in the Bible that God gave Noah a blueprint. He just said to build a boat. Was he a boat builder? I don't know. I haven't read the Bible for a long time.
0: There's a really great film with Russell Crowe. It's basically a documentary, if you ever want to learn about it.
1: <laughs> Benjamin, how do you feel about the Ark?
2: I mean, I don't mean to be rude. You know, people from Britain will know this. People say that East Anglia is a is a bit backwards as an area, but the presence of Noah's Ark is a bit on the nose, I think. It says that, <laughs> that it's it's only half the size of the Ark as described in the Bible, which means that there would only be room for one of each animal, which is a particularly tragic version of the story where... Noah and his family just slowly watch every species of animal on earth go extinct in front of them on a boat. The funny thing about the Noah story is, so I I was brought up a Christian. I used to go to Sunday school and Noah is quite a big part of when you're, it's quite a kidsy story, isn't it? Because it's got all animals in it and it's one that kids can really get into.
1: A lot of childhood education is very animal-based for the modern world. I mean,
2: (laughs) we we talk about
1: the kind of the sarcasms about modern technology, but you'd think that I've never needed to know what a cow sounded like, really.
2: I've certainly never needed to know anything about a dinosaur, but they were touched on quite a lot uh, throughout primary school. Mm. Um, But yeah, as an adult then, if you go back to the Noah story and you keep reading after the bit where the boat lands... It gets super weird because, I mean, there's a kind of incest thing going on because obviously there's only one family left on earth, but also there's a whole bit where Noah um, sees his son's wife naked or something and then, no, no, that's not right. He he builds a vineyard um, and then gets drunk and then gets naked in front of his family and then... Out of shame, he has to go and live in a tent for a bit. I think this is a different. This is a
0: different Russell Crowe film. I think that's the
2: one he did with Ridley Scott. <laughs> I don't know if that made it into the Russell Crowe version. Um, I,
1: I I mean, first of all, let's launch a podcast where you you tell badly remembered Bible stories. <laughs> Secondly. I think again, this is a wonderful idea—the idea of a shame tent uh, yeah. for people who do things that are embarrassing. Because it's so often we have these embarrassments and regrets, and it's very difficult to figure out when you've moved past them and when you've properly atoned for your shame.
2: Absolutely. I really, I
1: believe, I believe in like an infidelity shed, and <laughs> yeah. and a shame tent. Yeah, like a if you of weeks if you've time. been unfaithful, you have to build a thing. And then any time you have a fight with your wife for the rest of your life, you can point at the shed and be like, well, I built the shed.
0: We're over <laughs> yeah. it. Alice, yeah. I, I know we missed Edinburgh last year, but I feel you're just describing a festival, mate. That's a Spiegel tent <laughs> <laughs> and like venue five.
1: <laughs> <laughs> That's very true. They would
0: call it the shame tent as well. You'll see things you'll be embarrassed about and a shame tent. There's a replica of Noah's Ark outside and inside a clowns.
1: Every Edinburgh venue, there's always a clown inside. Sometimes you can't see the clown, but it's inside the person who's pretending (laughs) not to be a clown. (laughs) Which brings us to the end of today's show. Let's flip through our ads. Uh, There's some ads here for mood rings. Remember, mood rings, they're back now with only two colours, outraged and outraged by outrage, Uh, as well as an ad for the elderly. The elderly, resent the thing you'll become. Uh, James Nukise, have you got anything to plug?
0: Uh, i'll have a new season of eating fried chicken in the shower uh my little podcast where i eat fried chicken in a shower uh coming out soon
2: oh god that sounds good
1: it's really good he talks about mental health with all sorts of interesting people I are they also
0: in the, the shower?
2: they're also in the shower also eating chicken are, are you in the, in the same shower, shower or are you in separate yeah. showers
0: same shower in the same shower holy chicken. shit not Newt.
2: oh my god you've got a new listener already <laughs> i can't wait
1: <laughs> benjamin partridge what have you got to plug
2: I would like to plug um, a newish podcast I've started doing called Three Bean Salad. It's kind of in the, you know, three wankers having a chat uh, genre. Myself, Mike Wozniak and Henry Packer. And um, we've been doing it for a few weeks now. and, And for some reason, we mainly end up talking about birds. So if that's what you like. And we're not in a shower. We're not eating birds. We're just talking about birds. But yeah, do give it a go. Three Bean Salad.
1: That sounds delightful. Thank you to Stefan Chilcott for the ARC story. Send in your story suggestions to at HelloGogglers on Twitter. This is an Alice Fraser and The Bugle podcast production. Your editor today is Ped Hunter. Your executive producer is Chris Skinner. I'm Alice Fraser. Find me online at alliterative on Twitter and Instagram. That's A-L-I-T-E-R-A-T-I-V-E. Or sign up to my Patreon, patreon.com slash Alice Fraser, for all of my podcasts, uh, stand-up specials, and my weekly Tea with Alice salons. I'll talk to you again next week. Bye.
0: You can listen to other programs from The Bugle, including The Bugle, The Last Post, Tiny Revolutions, and The Gargle, wherever you find your podcasts. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Mom deserves better than a drugstore card. This Mother's Day, surprise her with a truly special personalized card from Moonpig.